Welcome to the Midtown Church Weekly Podcast, hosted by lead pastors Cassie and Alex Farron. Midtown Church exists to reveal the kingdom of Jesus together in Kansas City. This podcast explores ways in which we can become more like Jesus, reveal the places he is already working, and ultimately renew the reputation of the local church. Well, welcome everybody to the Midtown Church Podcast. I'm currently laughing because my co-host, Alex, and my husband, Alex, who's sitting next to me, is in a goofy mood right now, to say the least. We tried starting this podcast like three or four times. Three or four times. But I would like (laughs) to note that the last take was not my fault. (laughs) No, I guess not. Uh, but anyway, welcome to the Midtown Church Podcast. Welcome behind the curtain. Oh my, uh, we are really excited about this podcast and uh, its sister podcast, the next podcast that's coming after this. We're doing like a two-part series on Sabbath um, and kind of talking through uh, what Sabbath is and what it means for our church and um, kind of preparing all of you, um, all of our church specifically, uh, through this Sabbath time, because as a church, we're actually taking a couple weeks off from all church activities uh, to really intentionally rest from our work. So if you aren't familiar with the term Sabbath or our Christian tradition that talks about Sabbath, Sabbath is a word mentioned in um, not just the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament. In fact, Jesus even references Sabbath rest. And um, Sabbath really can be defined as a day set apart each week in which we abstain for, from work to make, to make more room for Jesus in our rest. And um, when you hear that, you're probably like, wow, that's very antithetical to American culture. And you would be correct. Uh, <laughs> we live in a society and a culture in which it's always go, go, go. What's the next thing? Work harder. If you work harder, you'll do better. You'll get more in life. And Sabbath is very much uh, stands in odd and odds with that particular narrative. And so um, part of living in the kingdom of Jesus is to say we live in a ki- different kingdom than that of the world. And therefore, we work and rest differently than the rest of the world does. Um, and I don't think this is just kind of hard for like American general. I think it's really even hard for just me personally. I'm an Enneagram 3, and Alex can attest rest is very difficult for me. Yeah, the, the 3 has the core temptation of performing, and it's hard to perform yeah. and Sabbath well at the same time. I think it's possible. I think it's possible to put on a, you know, a fake performance of Sabbath. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's not an easy thing for you to do no but, it's not but even you know I, i'm a nine and my core temptation is towards you know sloth or laziness um and resting well is also a different thing than mm. even my core temptation just because i am more apt at resting or you know stopping work doesn't actually mean i sabbath well oh that's good yeah i a couple weeks ago you were gone and i had a whole weekend to myself where i was like oh i'm so excited to watch (laughs) like watch the shows i wanted to catch up on play video games like (laughs) i was so excited about that and i spent a whole you know like two days of just binging these things 
And when he finally got back, I realized how tired I was because that was not a restful weekend. Mm. It was a weekend I just filled with junk um, and actually didn't Sabbath well, didn't focus or reorient my heart back to Christ and back to his kingdom. Rather, I just filled it with meaningless things, um, kind of numbing my way through the weekend. So, yeah, just because, you know, I'm apt to take more time off of work doesn't necessarily mean... I'm resting well or Sabbathing well. <laughs> yeah, that's a good really that's a really good point to make. Um, we, I think the two of us, we've gotten better about Sabbathing and resting over the years. I remember back in 2019, it was like Christmas of 2019, the winter. I read *Ruthless Elimination of Hurry* by John Mark Comer, which uh, really good timing that I read that book when I did because that was right before the pandemic mm-hmm. when we were all forced to. Uh, really slow down in life and um, that book specifically really talks about Sabbath and Sabbath rest and the importance of it and not just learning to rest well set a day aside but really what is it like for your whole life to mimic a rhythm of Sabbath and rest and that kind of just started us on a journey of saying what would it look like to be like way more intentional about setting aside a Sabbath Um, which for us was really easy when we worked nine to five jobs. Like there was, it was still hard. Don't get me wrong, but it was so much easier to be consistent with our Sabbath when we worked nine to five jobs. And then we, (laughs) we moved, well, the pandemic and when we moved, um, and started church planning and oh my goodness, it was like we had to fight for Mm -hmm. Sabbath. Still have to. We still have to. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we have to fight to do it. And I think probably a lot of people will be able to resonate with that, um, especially as a world, as our work has become even more part of who we are with working from home, um, not having as like set hours or whatever. Um, you really have to fight, fight for that day of rest, fight for that Sabbath. Um, so recognizing kind of that propensity is like a culture, Um, And even as a church, like I think sometimes church people can be like the worst at resting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We kind of have this idea like, you know, we just have to keep going. Jesus is always telling us things to do. So, you know. Or like, we we better hurry up and work hard enough and so that, you know, we can fill Jesus' mission on earth because we never know when he's coming. And although all of those sentiments are good, it does kind of lead to unhealthy that it does. That it does. Yeah, in church culture. So recognizing that as a church um, and as pastors, we said, what would it look like? And even just ministry leaders, we said, what would it look like for us to say as a church that we're going to take two weeks off from everything? Not just incorporate Sabbath into our weekly lives as individuals, as people being formed in Jesus's image, but to say as a church for two weeks, we're going to take a step back, back and really rest uh, and so over the next uh, kind of two weeks, I think by the time this, po- this podcast will come out, we'll be in the middle of the Sabbath rest time. But we're going to take uh, June 19th, June 20th from July 5th to rest as a church, um, which means we're not going to have any gatherings. We're not going to do micro church. We're not going to do any meetings. Um, we may hang out with each other because we love each other so much. But <laughs> we're going to ex- abstain from all the work associated with the church. Let our microchurch leaders rest. Let our ministry leaders rest, our launch team, and even um, us pastors rest. Um, 
because we recognize that this is really, really, really important and something that we can't just glaze over and not incorporate into the core of who we are as a church from mm-hmm. the very, very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're kind of kind of over the next two podcasts, this podcast, we're really going to be talking about what Sabbath is and um, like the history of Sabbath, what it looks like to do Sabbath and how that like affects our, our, our lives and what that means for our formation Christianity. And then the next podcast episode, we're going to kind of do a deep dive into practices and even share a little bit about some of the practices that we've been incorporating in our lives over the last couple weeks and months. Um, so Alex, why don't you go ahead and start us off by just giving us a little bit of a, a history of the Sabbath yeah, and what that looks like. It's, it's less of a history and more of kind of thinking about it through the context and the lens of scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, in the Genesis poetry, we're told that, in six days, God took the chaos of pre-creation, the whatever existed before creation as we know it. He took all of that and spoke what we know into existence. And um, the author of Genesis then kind of points out that on the seventh day, God rested from this work. He stopped the work of creation. He stopped the work of you know, bringing all of this together and he rested. And from, from that point on, um, Sabbath has kind of been a theme throughout the scripture, speaking to this ultimate rest that God enjoys and that he's inviting humanity into. Now, something I think we miss in the Garden of Eden is that the first humans, known as Adam and Eve, were given work. Yeah. They were not kind of frolicking in this <laughs> garden paradise without anything to do. Right. They were given a task. And yeah. that task is really one of the best ways to think of it is co-ruling creation with God. So yeah. we're God's stewards. We're God's um, representatives. Kind of doing something similar. God took chaos and created order. Similarly, we as humans take the raw materials of creation and we create with it. Yeah. And so the first humans had work to do. And that suggests to me that one work is good for us as humans. That's good, yeah. But that God's intention and his design is that we should rest from our work. Um, that we were not created as machines to just live in a constant um, setting of, of working, but rather... We take time to rest. And this is kind of the um, evil and insidiousness of like slave labor and even what um, is being experienced in the Exodus story in which Egypt is just working the Israelites to death and, yeah. and God liberates them. And in some ways he liberates them from their work, taking them into a space of rest. Yeah. And then you see kind of throughout the rest of Israel's history leading up to Christ, you have this yearning for a rest. Mm. The Hebrew prophets time and time again speak to this penultimate rest, this idea of like one day we will rest in the land of Yahweh, we will have this ultimate rest. And so then enter, enter Jesus. And in the, the first century Palestine that Jesus occupied, um, Sabbath had, had some ways been 
used as a boundary marker. Mm-hmm. So it was used as a boundary marker between the Jews and the Gentiles. The Jews and their teachers, known as rabbis, had kind of created a whole series of regulations and practices to really make sure they weren't doing any work. Um, yeah. <laughs> back in back in 2015, I spent some time in Israel. And um, in Hebrew, it's Shabbat. So um, every Saturday is Shabbat. And they take resting very seriously. There is not a soul on the street. Um, if you're staying in a hotel or a place with a an elevator, one of the most shocking things is like you get in the elevator and it stops on every floor because you're not supposed to push a button because pushing a button is work. They, they won't actually let you push the button. Yeah, the, yeah. They're, well, the buttons are there, but they don't work. Yeah, they don't work. And the elevator kind of goes up every floor and you just get off on the floor. And so there's a lot of um, rules and regulations placed around the Sabbath. Yeah. And so, you know, there are stipulations where, okay, if your cattle or your property falls in a hole, you can pull it out. But if your neighbor falls in a hole, you shouldn't pull them out. Like there were these weird moments. And so Jesus comes into conflict with the mm-hmm. the teachers of the law. He comes yeah. in conflict because he is treating the Sabbath in a different way. And he's kind of peeling back the layers of um, what might be considered legalism and he kind of reminds the the hebrew people he reminds us that the sabbath was made for man or humanity not humanity for sabbath it is to say that it is a gift given to us by god to relieve us of our work for a day of the week not for us to serve it again yeah and almost to create another set of work in how we rest and so it is to say it's ultimately a gift to humanity yeah. and something we can enjoy under the lordship of Christ. And it's so it, it kind of exists both as a discipline yeah. and as a gift, something yeah. to be intentional about, yeah. but something to enjoy. Yeah. Um, and those are not antithetical. They actually work in tandem. tandem with yeah. Another, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think growing up a lot, like you'll pastor like a pastor will decide to get up on on stage and give this sermon about sabbath like once a year and be like you have to do it because you're commanded to by the bible and if you don't sabbath you're sinning and although i don't want to like directly say that's wrong at the same time i i do think when we view sabbath that way we're viewing sabbath as like a do and don't a black and white and we've created this really unhealthy relationship with rest where it's almost like if I don't force myself to sit down and rest right now, I am sinning against God, which <laughs> I don't know that that was ever how God really intended us to view Sabbath. He really gave it to us as a gift. It's kind of like, um, like a kid when you're growing up and let's say like as a, as a kid, you know, you get thrown this, this, your parents throw you this big, beautiful, wonderful birthday party. But the birthday party is themed as cars when you wanted it to be themed as like turtle ninja. What what are those things called? (laughs) (laughs) What? Ninja turtle. Ninja turtles. Teenage mutant ninja. There you go. Teenage mutant ninja turtles. You wanted it to be, you know, themed as that. And so you're disappointed as a kid. You're not angry. You're not upset. You're disappointed, and it's like a parent that comes and like berates their kid for being being disappointed, berates their kid for not being thankful for what they have, 
And as a kid, like, you don't, like, you're, you're, ha- you're fine, you're happy, you're just disappointed, right? Because yep. you, you wanted your Ninja Turtles. And I don't think at any point in time is God that parent that comes, how dare you? You are not grateful for what you have. No, mm-hmm. it's not that. Jesus is giving us a gift that we are welcome to accept. And it's our opportunity to learn to accept that gift of Sabbath and then to really like love it and lean into it um, as we continue to become more part of Jesus and his kingdom. Yeah, I mean, I think it is. I think it is important to point out that it does find itself in the Ten Commandments. I think yeah. maybe number six, it's, you know, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, that there is kind of, of a directive from God but in in part, it is a reminder that we are creation, yeah. like we are created beings. Again, not robots, nor yeah. are we gods. Cogs in a machine. We are not cogs in a machine. We're yeah. not. It, it it rightfully reminds us to rely on the goodness of God and in, on His work yeah. and on His provision for us. Um, and really, the the one that is being harmed when we choose to ignore the Sabbath is ourselves and potentially those that live around us i mean like like yeah. like any other sin most sin one of the primary victims of our decisions is yeah. ourself um and so in in this regard the victim of you choosing not to rest is yourself yeah. you're doing violence to your body you're doing violence to yourself as a created being and, you know, God's hope for us is, you know, for us to experience that rest and the joy that comes from Sabbath. Yeah, that's so good. One of the things that I love about about Sabbath um, and something that honestly I never really thought about until uh, I had learned more and read more about Sabbath, uh, specifically that book that I had mentioned earlier uh, by John Mark, John Mark Comer, um, what's so interesting about Sabbath is it actually changes our work. So currently in like society, I would argue, and most people would argue, and many social scientists would say it exists, we have a idolatry of work, where work has become our idol, it's become our identity, it's become who we are, and it defines whether we are a good or bad person, or mm-hmm. a successful or unsuccessful person. And what's so interesting about Sabbath is when we almost, um, I want to say submit to Sabbath. That's a good way of putting it. When we submit ourselves to Sabbath, we are inevitably saying my work is not my own. Mm. My work is God's because I have to trust that the Lord's going to help me complete my work even when I take a day off. Yeah. And so that's one thing that I also love about Sabbath because it helps us reframe our work, our work no longer becomes our identity. Our work becomes a thing we do to glorify God mm-hmm. and actually God's work in our life. Yeah. And when our our work becomes that, when we begin to align our work with that kingdom view of work, it helps us understand, A, why we take a Sabbath, but it also helps us to rest. Because yeah. we realize like in doing this and submitting to Sabbath and submitting to God and reminding myself of my identity in God, not in my work. Mm-hmm. God's going to help me get my work done. Yeah. And I just think that's such a beautiful thing because yet again, it's reminding us that we're not cogs in a machine. And it's also helping us understand and reframe our work as a way of glorifying Jesus and glorifying God. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could change a world right there if yeah. we begin viewing our work like that. 
Yeah, it rightfully reprioritizes um, the rhythms of work and rest. We actually, in in taking a day away, we're recharged, we're reoriented, we're recentered for the week's worth of work. Um, and so it's a practice that actually elevates the mm-hmm. importance of our work. Yeah. Which the the great irony is, like you'd think, well, someone who works for seven days a week obviously cares more about their work. <laughs> uh, but if if you're working three three sixty five, you're not actually giving the whole of your yeah. you know attention to it. You're actually just on autopilot at all times. Yeah, you're giving people your leftovers. You're giving people your leftovers, and and I mean, frankly, that's that's a recipe for burnout. What Sabbath does is it actually allows us to pause, to re prepare. And to re-enter the yeah. workforce, the workplace, um, really with a mission and a priority yeah. to reveal the kingdom. Yeah. I had mentioned earlier that we have to fight for our Sabbath sometimes. Yeah. And I think that lends itself really well to this idea of Sabbath as resistance. This is like a term that we are not the first to use. Lots of people use this term Sabbath as resistance. But effectively what it says is, or what it means is that Sabbath in and of itself is resisting the idea that I am only my work. Mm -hmm. And so in Sabbath as resistance, in practicing Sabbath as resistance, which is not always Mm -hmm. easy, to fight for Sabbath is to fight for my value. It's to fight for my identity in Jesus Christ. It's to fight for my health, my mental health, my spiritual health, my emotional health. It's to fight for all of these things Mm -hmm. that an idolatry of work, or I would even say our American culture, does not place value on. Mm. Um, And so that's kind of one thing that I love about Sabbath. Sometimes, even when Sabbath feels hard, I just think, you're fighting against the machine right now, Cassie. Well, yeah, all of our feeds, all of our social media are permeated with these narratives of hustle, hurry, and grind. Yeah. And like, you know, you just spend any amount of time scrolling, you, you're captured or you're like, you're attacked by these narratives and, you know, it teaches you that we are, um, the product that we create or we're the value that we bring or we're the hours that we work. And really it's a world built on exploitation, like that you are, we are buying into the narrative that the more we do, the better off we are, the more value we add. And so in very, in a very subtle way, Sabbath pushes back against that. Sabbath is, um, standing up to that exploitive idea and that exploitive narrative and says, no, I'm, I am, my value is not in what I create. It's not in the hours that I put in. Um, my value is found in bearing the image of God and being found, um, as one counted in the number of Jesus. And Sabbath is a, is a really incredible and a really small, like moment of resistance and rebellion to that narrative um which you know for the punk rockers of us and the like <laughs> the ones who are like yeah like i i, I want aka all millennials oh, yeah like i want <laughs> i want to yeah i want to stand up yeah. to the machine yeah, yeah, yeah. um and i want to push back yeah. um you know jesus doesn't lead a rebellion he leads small acts of resistance yeah. and so in so many ways 
Sabbath is one of those small acts of resistance. And it's such a beautiful exemplification of Jesus and how he fought back through peace. Like, Mm. you just think through the Sabbath, and, like, the Sabbath is the epitome of peace. Yeah. And it's like we fight through peace like we fight through not doing anything and Mm -hmm. and that is in and of itself a reflection of jesus's upside down kingdom of the kingdom that says to fight we rest yeah like how cool of an idea is that that's a neat thing to think about yeah yeah and it's it's part of why jesus is so compelling it is yeah um he's not like anybody else there's there's (laughs) there's no one like jesus as the the song goes and the the ways he innovates and brings to light um, and just resists the evil of the human heart yeah. through little practices is, is incredible. And I think it's, it's worth noting like Sabbath isn't, you know, we're not advocating for this idea of you're laying in bed. You All take a Saturday yeah. and you're like, I am. Ignore in- your kids. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's also not, as I mentioned earlier, it's not binging, your Netflix, yeah. it's not sitting on your Social Instagram feed, it's not yeah. playing video games all day. Um, those are all practices in mindlessness. Yeah. Sabbath is a practice in mindfulness. Yeah. So all of those other things are numbing, um, whereas Sabbath is actually a moment to engage and yeah. to process and to deal with the stress you just experienced the week before yeah. and to process it and reorient yourself for the week ahead of you. Yeah. So this isn't a call to just be as lazy as possible on a single day of the week. It's actually a call to take a single day of the week to set it aside and say, this is the day I intentionally engage my emotions, my heart, my family, and my God. This is a day that is protected so that I can engage further. Yeah. You know, you might be listening to this podcast and um, you may be Maybe you've participated in Sabbath before. Maybe that's something that you do regularly or you did previously. Um, Maybe you've never integrated a a Sabbath before in your life. Um, Or maybe you just live um, in a perpetual pattern of integrating a Sabbath, but integrating a Sabbath of mindlessness and not Mm -hmm. mindfulness. Um, We really want as a church, as we kind of go on this Sabbath journey for the next two weeks, um, for you to really begin to formulate what does Sabbath look like in my life. So uh, next podcast episode, we're going to be sharing with you some practices that you can like integrate and even a plan that you can kind of come up with um, for you and your family to figure out how to Sabbath well to utilize your day of rest well. Um, but this week, we want to kind of break it down and just give you really one simple thing one simple step that you can do between now and the next time this pot the next podcast releases in a week um to begin this process alex why don't you share that yeah i'd say the best place to begin is just with an intentional conversation with those who you immediately live with so if it's with a spouse with um, a family so if you've got kiddos invite them into that conversation or roommates I think it's important um, to communicate this and if you live on your own kind of begin to write out your plan Um, look at the the generalized schedule recognize that there are going to be moments where the plan the things don't go according to plan (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) Um, throughout Jesus's ministry Jesus um, kind of retreats to solitude 
for times of prayer, but there are moments, I think in Mark in particular, where he's interrupted, like those Mm -hmm. moments are interrupted. So that moment of trying to move away for Sabbath is interrupted by a crowd and he, he graciously still engages with the crowd. So that is to say, like there are going to be weeks, there may even be months where just things happen and things get interrupted there's a family member sick yes all of those things happen what you're moving (laughs) yeah what we're advocating for is most of the time you have a plan for resting on a particular day of the week um and so beginning to think about what day that might be Mm -hmm. based around your work schedule um for us you know sunday's a pretty big work day like (laughs) so it doesn't make sense to try and sabbath after that because our minds and our hearts are still racing for the from the things that happen we've already worked six to eight hours that day so (laughs) our our aim is actually on saturday um to start at friday night at 6 p.m and end saturday night at 6 p.m um and partially we had a conversation about this and it was out of a desire to lay the anxieties and the stresses yeah. of the next Sunday at the feet of Jesus and say, Friday night at 6 p.m., we're done yeah. working towards what will happen on Saturday or, or what will happen on Sunday. Yeah. And we're trusting you to take care of it. And so um, I'd say the very first thing to do is start start with an intentional conversation about Sabbath, kind of begin to look at the calendar, begin to look at what your work rhythm looks like and identify a day. Yeah. And I would say block that day off on your calendar for this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, you don't have to have it all figured out yet. Obviously we haven't shared with you many practices, but just schedule that day on your calendar for the next two weeks uh, and say, this is the beginning of a journey. Yep. This is one step forward for me. Um, and see where the Lord kind of takes you. So I promise you it will be hard to begin yes. with. It will not feel easy. So you're probably doing it right if it feels hard. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're probably doing it right. Yeah. Um, if you're kind of interested on learning a little bit more about Sabbath, um, more than Alex and I can offer in a 30-minute podcast episode or even two 30-minute podcast episodes, uh, there's a ton of content out there. We've posted all of it, a lot of it on our website mm-hmm. at midtownkc.church forward slash Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, I would really encourage you, if you're interested in this topic, to check out the book that I've mentioned a couple times already. Um, that's uh, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Uh, it's probably one of the best books I've read, uh, not just on Sabbath, but what it looks like to learn, live an unhurried life. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for listening to the Midtown Church Weekly Podcast. To find out more or to join a church gathering, check out our website at midtownkc.church.